0: Coastal Adventures. If it's about the coastal outdoor sporting life, you'll find it here.
1: And welcome to Coastal Adventures. I'm Cody Queen, joined by Christian Gokel. That's right. We are brought to you by HH Boathouse. If you want to boat and you are in the area, go and see them. They will hook you up. Good people at HH Boathouse. All right, got a good show today. Judy's back on. That's right. And we have SCAD, Fishing Coach. Back on. Uh, We are going to have a great show. Um, This Judy is always hilarious, and Scott is doing great things in the outdoors for college purposes. And uh, they are bass fishermen and women, so that's um, definitely a big thing that we need to get our youth out there and have fun. And um, I was looking up, actually, falcon Falcon videos, falconry videos earlier, and um, it was pretty impressive. You got me into falconry. It's the new wave. It
2: is, but... You don't hunt, have to buy ammo.
1: But hunt, you don't have to buy ammo. And they feed off the... I think you give them the duck heads, and they, they just, they just like tear That's apart perfect. the tear I don't want that anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I was looking up, the hunt season's coming up, or dove season, goose. You know, we have those Canadian geese everywhere around here. Good to eat. Go out there and get them. You have five limit per day bag limit. So it's actually quite a bit. And so if you want to fill up your freezer, go and do that. They are encouraging it this year since the population is getting out of control, so nobody wants to do that.
2: Because nobody when it comes, wants to nobody wants to hunt geese because they're terrifying
1: and they're apparently like the taste of it's greasy oh, so yeah. they don't like it you, as much. So you have so to cook it
2: very very well.
1: Everybody wants to go dove hunting, which Colton and I, my son and I, love going dove hunting. But right now, I did not just crept up on us. The twenty fourth alligator
2: season is open, man. It's open. It's always gator season in Georgia because you know taking down them Florida gators. Well, oh but, yeah but yeah. Shout out to my homie Ben Troop. Ben Troop eighty four. But we can get out there. You can actually hunt some gators now. Cody, what type of weaponry is advised when, hun- when hunting alligators? 22 or 17. And you're going for a headshot.
1: Yes, there is a uh, quarter-sized spot on the back of the skull, and that's where you got to hit it. Well, you, you got to pull in the line. Unless you're good, you can hit it from a distance. I've seen dudes Wait, do pull, that. Pull
2: in the line? You're saying you're going out and actually fishing for them first? Yes, yes. It's actually called fishing. See, it's Cody, not- some people haven't actually been out gator fishing because— we're not insane. Yeah, well, you go out there and your push
1: lines, it depends on where you are. I know down in Florida, they're a little more strict, but in Georgia, they're actually a lot better. Uh, in Florida, the license for your, your gator hunting uh, gator trapping is what it's called, is um, like 150 bucks for in-resident. Wow. What is the uh, How many can you kill a year? A year? Uh, I think they're at the back season, excuse me. Oh uh, you've got to have tags. How much, so what? the tags get distributed at limit? Um, no. It's, really, it's from it's from dusk dawn. If you can fill your tags, fill your tags. They're a huge nuisance down here. And like I was saying, in Georgia, the license is only fifty bucks. Wow, it's fifty bucks, man. I, compared to
2: going right across the line to Florida for one hundred and fifty. Well, there's the question right there. Is that is your Georgia license transferable to Florida?
1: No, absolutely you
2: not. You can't go no. down to Florida. Just want to make sure people understand that.
1: Anything with Florida. They're really picky. Um, uh, a lot of our license transfer up to Ala- I mean, over to Alabama, actually. But besides that, um, actually, BJ's dad goes to a farm right next to Alabama, and he's allowed to go across the line and use his deer hunting license over there. But you cannot do it for Florida. Florida's really picky with their wildlife resources. What
2: areas around here would you suggest for people who wanted to go gator hunting?
1: Uh, there's a bunch of... Um, Go to Clay Hole Swamp. Clay Hole Where Swamps. is that? We don't know that. We don't that know your is, it's, in, it's, in, it's, in, it's in. It's in Glen County. It's North Glen County. It is literally, I know there's a bunch of WMAs here, but this one is literally is the most middle of nowhere there is. It's right in the middle of a swamp. It's very beautiful.
2: People like going there for fowl hunting and alligator hunting. All right. Now I got to ask you this. I'm out there and I'm gator hunting and I hook one and I pull it in, headshot, clean, bring him in, and he's about four to five feet long. How many boots... Can I make out of his skin? Well, four or
1: five foot long, you can make a good three pair of boots. Three? Three pairs. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. yeah that's maybe nice. Maybe you wear 11 and a half? Bit, um, <laughs> oh, no, maybe not, huh? Uh, none, unless you're Ben True, but you have like size 20 feet. And actually, his feet are not as big as you, as you would
2: think they are. They're not, but still, I think you, you might only get a couple pairs out or one really good pair of high top, like cowboy boots mm. and a belt.
1: <laughs> and oh, a, or like an alligator um hat. What do you call those uh, cowboy hats? Ooh, like you know how they was, like they have those like leather
2: ones. Dude, when you go into the line dance with your gator skin cowboy hat that you killed with his teeth, like all wrapped the people going to be
1: looking at with you with the teeth like wrapped around <laughs> the brim of the hat. And then you, have, you have like the eyes on the front, and everything like that with like the snout. You will be the bell of the ball. Oh, uh, you will be. And but um, yeah, that's fun. We used to go because usually in Florida it ends like Halloween day, so we would come and we would have a. Big like alligator like roast, what you would call it like a fry up, well, and uh, was we would I was gonna ask
2: you. I was going well, actually, Coach Ed Orgeron from LSU wanted to ask you. Hey, there, Cody, <laughs> what's your what's your favorite style of cooking up that gator pole?
1: You gotta you gotta fry it up almost like they would call them like gator balls and um kind of like chicken nuggets, but don't put any salt on them.
2: You don't put no salt on your gator No there, Cody?
1: salt. Like people don't put any of that. Thanks, Coach George yeah, dude, have you seen that video on him on YouTube? He's the man. They have like <laughs> s- they put subtitles on what they think he's saying, and it's like, yeah, I like orange juice, but he, minus the apple juice. Like what? <laughs> like, like, but it's you not, it's not need, what he's saying. You
2: don't need to understand him. He just goes out there and he coaches football team. If you go
1: to like the deep woods of like even here, like the dudes who sound out there are just awesome. They're 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 awesome, and they're always really cool guys to hang out with too. But sometimes it's just right over our head. Well, it's because they're like, you know what? Let's go out in the woods and let's blow up a refrigerator or something like that. Like, yeah, let's go blow up a refrigerator. But yeah, we got a lot to get to. In this show we
2: um like I said we have scad head fishing coach and we have a special surprise for Cody in the final segment. Yeah, he's not
1: telling me and I'm trying to get out of him but he's not. I know. You can't break me. I'm still cage. I'm trying. I'm trying But like I said uh, hunting seasons that's coming up dove, alligators in and goose. Um, you guys want to look at all all the regulations. Georgia came out with the new regulation guides 2018-2019 and I actually want to talk about this um the cover photo Usually it's like a hunting animal. This time it's just two, just two dudes.
2: Are they on the list? What? People? Yeah, they're people. They're just no. But can we hunt people? Oh no, no, absolutely not. No, but <laughs> but
1: um, but it's just two dudes there. Cause usually it's like a beautiful duck dog or something like that. Or like I think the year before they had like a um a getting dog running after I thought we getting some like
2: Dr. Chicago yeah, it's
1: just two dudes sitting there in like Hunter Orange like yeah man this is what we're going to do out here it's just very I think the, I think they could have done a better job the maybe. ultimate hunt yeah the ultimate hunt just sitting there probably falling asleep in the stand that's what I'm talking about best sleep you ever get in the stand but yeah we uh, gotta take a quick break real quick we will be back with Captain Judy and we are brought to you by H.H. Boathouse so go out there to Hilton Head and check them out we'll be right back after these messages
0: Back to Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio after this. Now, more Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio.
1: And welcome back to coastal ventures i'm cody queen joined here by christian Gokeld we are brought to you by hh boathouse check them out if you need a boat in southeast georgia and south south carolina go and check them out we're talking
2: about fishing man
1: we're gonna go fishing only, soon
2: yeah there's only one person to talk to about fishing
1: fishing in savannah oh. yes and that's uh she's already oh, she's there miss judy captain judy from miss judy charters how are you doing
2: today
3: how are y'all doing today? I'm doing great. I've already been fishing this morning, I'm already back home.
2: Huh? I know, and you said you were doing something that sounded pretty amazing. What,
3: sitting on my porch looking that's, at the porch? that
2: that's it. Or what are you drinking? Are you drinking sweet tea or lemonade? Or both?
3: I'm
1: drinking sweet tea. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's pretty southern, it. yeah. I'm not a big sweet tea guy, I am a lemonade guy and I get shunned on in the office for As not drinking should. sweet tea.
3: Well, it's okay. I like both of them.
1: Well, Miss Judy, you're just a southerner sweet teen. Well, I think we need to get (laughs) a fishing report from you. What's going on out there?
3: Okay, well, here's what's going on. The good news is if you have your own boat and you have a cast net and you wanted to go catch yourself your own live shrimp for bait, you could do so because the creeks are full of shrimp, and they're all different sizes. So you could go catch your own bait. You might even be able to catch enough to make your shrimp cocktail. Fish. This time of the year, while, while it's so hot, do the same thing we do. They kind of sluggish, and they want to get in and find some cool spot to rest. So live shrimp is the best bait because it's easy to eat and it's accessible to them. So live bait is really the number one bait to use. We've been catching a lot of spotted sea trout, uh, redfish, trophy redfish, and the reds that are, you know, just slot reds. They're catching some nice flounder. It's been a very, very good season so far.
2: So i got to ask you, when you're out there and you're throwing your cast net out and you're pulling the shrimp in and you have enough, how are you preparing your shrimp at the house?
3: Um, well, I just, i to be honest with you, I used to do all that cooking stuff. I don't even do any of that anymore. I generally just, but if I did, it, I used to boil my shrimp in salt water. And guess where I got the salt water from? The ocean? My dot, yeah.
2: That's what I'm talking about. That's some, that's some old school I,
3: that's what I used stuff right to there. But, um... Sometimes people can you know steam them. They're so good. Uh, yeah. The local shrimp is very very good. Steaming it up, just boiling it up, is really perfect. I've been. You know, um, people say boil it for ten minutes. Some people say boil it for five minutes. Who knows?
1: I've I've been around the nation quite a bit, around the world, and I'm telling you right now, man, Southeast Georgia's got some bomb shrimp. Like I've been oh, yeah. to New Orleans and all that stuff. I've been to Louisiana, uh, Mississippi. I've not had shrimp in Alabama yet. But um, Southeast Georgia by far has the best
2: shrimp I've ever had in my life.
3: And they, the Georgia shrimp, Georgia-raised shrimp. Shrimp is just perfect. It's very, very good. And it's good size,
2: too. Now, for the amateur angler out there, how do you go about hooking your live shrimp?
3: Okay, well, if you look at the shrimp, and he's got a little horn on it's a It's really a horn on the top of his head. That sticks out between his eyes almost. If you take your hook, a small hook. Now you don't want to use a really large hook because then it, it, why use live bait if the if the bait can't move around with the hooking? You just slip the hook under the horn, not in the not in the black spot on his head. People think under, barely just under the horn, and it'll be that's a good place and it'll stay in place. And the shrimp can still move. You know, you don't hit him in the nervous system or anything like that. It doesn't really hurt.
2: Right, and when you're going out, you mentioned that the, shrimp, or the fish themselves are looking for a nice, cool place to sort of slug around in the hot days of summer. Does that mean you necessarily need to go deeper to get to the cooler spots, or are you looking more shallow in the shade?
3: Well, I was just saying that because they're sluggish. The bite can be very sluggish like we are in the summertime. You know, we, we just want to sit around and drink lemonade, nice tea. So the fish might not necessarily, you know, like, like the trout, might find it more comfortable on the bottom, like you said, in the cool water. And, you know, a trout, he, he's a sight feeder, and he might be sitting on the bottom or getting close to the bottom and to wait to feed. They don't feed as much because they don't swim as much. The more they swim, the more they have to feed. So I think they have days where they don't do much and days where they do.
1: So we pretty much talked about the inland, which is the, you're going to go in the creeks and the rivers, and you're going to get the shrimp to use for bait or eat. Uh what what's biting out more out in the ocean, more in the flats or anywhere like that? What's going on out there?
3: Okay. Well, we have Spanish mackerel and um they've started to stay on the surface more. my father used to always say anytime after um August uh 6th through the ninth, he says that the Spanish mackerel start jumping and staying on the surface, which means you can find them a lot easier. The artificial reefs are holding those. They're also holding king mackerel. They're holding barracuda and little tunny. And we've been catching a whole bunch of those fish using, uh, we, we weren't catching them with Spanish mackerel, the barracuda, but for some reason we, they started hitting ballyhoo. I've been pulling ballyhoo with sea witches as rigs and three hook rigs and I've been just killing them. So it's been really good in 50 foot of water.
1: So, um, with all that being said, we haven't talked to you in about like it's been like a month. What has anything happened in that month? Have you guys caught anything strange?
3: Anything oh, big? Guess what? This weekend is Uh-oh. red snapper open season. We have two weekends: this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What it means is, when you go to the snapper banks, we catch red snapper all the time. We can't keep them because the season's closed. I mean, that's closed. The fish, that fishery's closed. Well, they're opening it up. We can keep what a piece. Wow. And all I'm going to do is just go out there and get me six big ones. That's what I'm going to do.
2: Now, Judy, I had a question because going back to talking about the shrimp, and you said you don't cook anymore. Is that because you have someone cooking for you? Are you that big time now?
3: No, but you know what? I go to Fly and Fish and Eat. <laughs> <laughs> that's our local restaurant here, and I go there. And if I have, if I ever did want to take I really don't care much for fish. I love shrimp. I love crab legs and stuff like that. And so I, I really just go out. It's much easier for
1: me. Our go-to spot down here is called B and J's. Over there. Have you heard of B and J's? Uh, you know what? It sounds familiar. Yeah, they're supposed to be really, really famous and really, really good.
2: They are. Oh, actually... they're not supposed to be really, really good. They are really, really good. Um, Darian,
1: I've I've had them. I I like. I like them. Yeah, I like them. I like them. They, they definitely have the best shrimp probably down in Southeast Georgia. Their steaks are supposed to be real good. I've never had them. But um, I just feel like if you go to get shrimp anywhere around here in Southeast Georgia, you get, if it's fresh wild shrimp, it's going to be the best.
3: Well, that's good because I know the shrimp down there that they catch, I've had shrimp caught down in that area. They are very – they really do. Georgia shrimp, they really represent a good part of the shrimp industry down there. It's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, if you're ever down here, check it out. It's in, it's in Darien. They do stuff with us. So, yeah, they're actually an extremely good restaurant. Oh, well, good.
3: I'll have to stop in and tell them who I am and oh, yeah. tell them how, how I know. And we'll tell you your coming. name
1: around. Throw, hey, I'm, I'm Captain Judy. You all need to give me a plate right now.
3: I'll tell you, I'll just come in and I'll tell them i whole court there for a little while. <laughs> maybe they'll give me some shrimp.
2: <laughs> well, Captain Judy, tell the folks how to get in contact with you if they want to go out with you and catch some shrimp and then get out and maybe catch some red snapper these next couple weekends.
3: Okay, if you call me at 912-897-4921, that's the office number. And, of course, if we're not there, please leave a message. We'll call you back. And my phone rings in my house, so you might call me at 9 o'clock at night and I might answer. So just leave a message, and I'll call you back. We have eight inshore boats and four offshore boats, 912-897-4921. And my inshore guys are very, very good. They've been catching triple tail, too, right there on right on the beachfront. And the the fish is just playing good now because it's fun. It's the time of year to go.
1: Yeah, so that's Captain Judy from Miss Judy's Charters. We have her on every month. And, Miss Judy, I want to thank you for being on Coastal Adventures.
3: My pleasure, and you guys. I hope y'all have a good one, and and uh, don't work too hard today. Now, stay out all this
1: heat. We never do. We never do. Yeah, never.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: All right, Miss Judy. i All
3: right, Miss Judy. All right, honey. Thanks again. It was nice talking to both thank of you. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. And that was Captain Judy from Miss Judy Charters. Definitely, uh, better on the air than both of us. Absolutely. Uh, she is hilarious. She is sitting on the dock right now, sitting on dock by the bay, um, drinking some sweet tea. And uh, probably eating shrimp. No,
2: I do that. definitely I not. Do that. Not eating shrimp? Definitely you know, not, because she's, she's going to go have some, prepare some at a nice restaurant, like she that's said. That's true, that's what she
1: said, yeah. yeah, yeah. She doesn't, like, sit down and make it anymore. I guess once uh, you've done it for so long, I guess,
2: it's nice to have other people do it. Oh, when you're big time like that. Yeah,
1: b- balling, balling. Oh, yeah. She said she's got, like, a, a bunch of boats now. Yeah, 12 total, four and, offshore, uh, eight inshore. Well, just like she was saying, I want to reiterate that um, Red Snapper is in. It's Starting this weekend and next weekend, only on the weekends, right? Correct. So if you guys want to go out there, go out there. If you want to hit her up, hit her up. She gave her all her information, and she's on every um, every month. So if you guys can't get in contact with her, con- and get in contact with us, and then we will try to relay if we can but um, we are running
2: out of time because we're blabbing everywhere. Everywhere. It's, it's always fun talking to Miss Judy. It,
1: oh, Miss 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 Judy is the bomb. So um, we're going to have to take a commercial break. I want to thank our sponsor, Hilton Head Boathouse, and we'll be right back after these messages.
0: More Coastal Adventures is on the way. ESPN Radio. Now, more Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio and welcome back to
1: coastal adventures i am cody queen joined by christian gokel we are brought to you by hh boathouse check them out if you need a boat in southeast georgia and south south carolina right now we are joined on the phone right now is jared kuchul he is the fishing head coach of scad mainly bass fishing he's telling me how are you doing today there jared hey i'm doing
4: great thanks for having me on
1: it's hot outside the fish are biting hunting season's dead and you guys are doing great things up there in SCAD. So could you tell us about a little more about your
2: program?
4: Yes. Um, we're going to be getting started here in a few weeks when the uh, fall term starts in uh, early September. So, um, you know, the, uh, the SCAD program consists of a, a men's bass fishing team and a women's bass fishing team. We're actually the first... Um, college to have a full women's bath fishing team, and we have one of the largest programs um, in the country, and uh, the students are uh, going to be back uh, in class soon, and they'll be participating in weekly uh, practices, uh, sorry, I should say daily practices, and um, and then we're also going to be working with them specifically on just developing their, uh, their skill set. We're going to work on techniques that they'll be seeing in competition, and also techniques that they may not have a lot of strength in and and, uh, confidence in and uh, we're really going to go full at it so scad treats fishing um, like a a full sports program here similar to a baseball team or a swimming team i'm I'm here in the athletics department right now with all the other coaches and they're preparing for their seasons and uh, i'm doing the same and uh, it's really neat to uh, to have the school really dedicated to uh, creating one of the premier programs in the country, and that's just full resources. So we're talking about uh, recruiting scholarships, um, travel funds, and such, and we're really uh, prepared to, uh, to to build a strong competition team and send them around the United States and uh, and catch a lot of big fish.
2: Now, Jared, a little bit about you: you graduated from Georgia College and State, and you actually founder co-founded the bass fishing team at that school tell us a little bit about that about actually building a program from scratch
4: yes so uh that was back in about 2008 and there was only 50 or 60 uh college fishing teams at the time um college fishing was really in its infant stage and uh that's about the time i would say when it really started to grow bassmaster flw the aca uh, we're all having their own leagues and putting a lot of resources into it and prizes into it for these clubs, and and we're up to over 250 uh, colleges now having wow. teams. And uh, so, it's so really, you're telling really, really me there's grand. more college. And, uh, there's more no, college that teams. Was a great opportunity. I. I started that club my freshman year, found a few other fishermen on campus um, that also wanted to start a club, and, uh, and it was great. You know, we, we all kind of uh, started out in leadership positions, and, and one of the first things I chased after was finding funding for our club. Um, I figured out pretty quickly if we could get you know, the student government behind us and, the, and also the school itself and the uh, club sports program uh... we could pay for ourselves to go fish anywhere in the country so we were going to texas and tennessee and alabama and florida and uh... to compete in these tournaments and you know we were all broke college students and we didn't have to pay for it so it was a great experience (laughs) to go fish new places um, and, uh, and and not be out thousands of dollars so we could learn these new places and, and it really taught, taught me a lot as an angler too um, you know, to go to Lake Okeechobee in Florida when you've never been there before um, you have no time to practice because you just were in class the day before and you literally have to get there for an 8 hour day and, and catch fish immediately um, that's a you know, different mindset and uh, to be able to do that for, for several years in college fishing um, but then also go back to you know, the leadership side and the um the club side and and really kind of treat it as a business uh, that really uh taught me a lot uh but you know on the fishing side and kind of prepared me for my uh, professional business career
1: and you said you have grown have quite a bit you guys have grown to 280 schools now and how many people or students do you have on the male and female team and what would you say is their big the biggest accomplishment that you have seen so far
4: so I would say there are uh, there's about ten men and ten women on, on each team, and um, you know I would say one of the biggest accomplishments uh, thus far that I've seen is you know we're the first school to have an all female boat in the national championship. That was actually the FLW wow. national championship, and uh, again one of the first women's programs. We've uh, you know the, the the team is in its third year. Um, On the competition side, um, we've qualified for several national championship events. We've participated well. Um, We're still chasing that big win. Um, That's something that we're going to work really, really hard for. Um, The... The tournament schedules for the 2018-2019 season will be coming out in the next few months. So once we find that, we're going to specifically dive into these lakes and and do some scouting. We're going to have uh, some good classroom sessions and pull up you know Google Earth and we're going to pull up different mapping resources and and do some historical research and really prepare these anglers uh, for the situations and the techniques that they're going to face out there. We um, really want to make sure that they get on the water and uh, you know they're prepared. They they have this. Information, but they also are going to be comfortable and be able to just fish the moment and uh, get to a place that they've never been or haven't been to in a long time and, and be able to break it down quickly and, and find fish.
2: Sure. And how does a program, a fishing program, go about recruiting? I know for most sports you have film and you can submit that. On A lot of it now is on social media where coaches can go and watch that and then go see them live and in person and scout them. But it seems a little bit different with a fishing program. Is this something where you guys see these people out on circuits when they're in high school? when you go about recruiting them that way
4: Yes, there's, there's several different ways. Um, there, there are high school bass fishing tournaments uh, and national championship events. Um, those are great places to attend and, uh, and and be able to meet the anglers, meet their families, uh, watch them on the water, uh, see how they, uh, how they compete, see how they break down a place. Um, but social media is such a great tool now, too. Um, you can really find out um, a lot about somebody and, and uh, research them. Um, se- several of our anglers actually have larger social media followings than ninety-five percent of the professional bass fishermen in the world. Wow! So th- these uh, young anglers have really grasped social media, and and a lot of them have emerged as public figures. And, and that's something we want. You know, we want somebody who can compete well, but also um, provide a, a great impact to their community and be able to uh, grow the sport and teach more people about it.
2: And just a follow-up on the recruiting question. When you're selling SCAD to these high schoolers, what is it about fishing in Savannah and coming to your school that you're telling these guys, like, this is why you need to come to Savannah?
4: There's there's uh, several reasons uh, you know I, I think one of the most important would be you know SCAD as one of the premier art schools in the country and uh, you know for someone who wants to study the arts and um, we're we're talking about film and television and uh, the production of uh, of all the arts in general um, journalism photography um, anything creative the creative directors out there. Um, I I think that it's so important for someone who wants to work in the fishing or the outdoor industry, if if they want to pursue uh, those careers, uh, this is the place to do it. We're one of the best schools to go to, and and also my professional background, um, I've been working in the fishing industry for the last six years. I've worked with so many of those creative directors and creative positions in the industry. I know how to navigate that and help these anglers prepare for their future careers. And really make sure that they get off to a great start fishing and also a great start in the classroom.
1: And it seems like you guys are off on a great start for this whole entire team, the male and females. And just like any other school, the, the Bulldogs, the Gators, or anybody who we want to talk about, who is your guys' biggest rival on the water?
4: I wouldn't know. I'm I'm just starting the position and uh I'm looking you say forward anybody to anybody that's uh, out there finding that out actually and uh and really I, I can tell you from my own experience, um a lot of the same college football rivals tended to uh tended to exist in fishing. So uh, back in the day the Auburn and Alabama guys seemed to have a lot of fun against each other and um, and I'm I'm looking forward to kind of seeing that as as we're uh competing out there maybe some other uh schools that compete against SCAD with with other sports maybe those rivalries will transfer over um but i'm looking forward to learning that myself
2: well now you've been in savannah a little while and i know you're focused on the bass fishing with your team but have you had a chance to get out on the ocean and maybe do a little deep sea fishing
4: uh, not the deep sea fishing but the inshore bite was probably the first thing I, uh, I did maybe I'd say within 24 hours you catch of any moving reds? down here um, I'm actually in the Beaufort area and, uh, and, and trout redfish, flounder is one of the first things I did here and, uh, and that's, I, I, I previously was in Tennessee and I, I was missing the smallmouth bass bite but it, that, that only lasted about 24 hours once we found the redfish here and uh, you know I won't look back too much because those fish are so much fun, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming uh, winter here, and uh, I have a lot of friends in the Savannah, Richmond Hill, Beaver, Bluffton area for a long time. I've been coming here every single year, uh, mostly during the winter time, during the epic bite, and uh, catching a lot of fish, so I can't wait to do that myself uh, on a weekly basis, and and we're going to have a great year with it.
1: All right. Well, you're listening to Coastal Adventures. We're speaking to the head coach of SCAD fishing team, Jared Kuchel. Jared, could you please tell them... Wh- If if there are any high school kids listening right now or some young recruits or anybody wants to know about your program, could you tell them where to find you?
4: Yes, uh, go to the savannah.scatathletics.com website, and uh, that has uh, full information on the, the teams, rosters, schedules, events. You can also find us on the SCAD Fishing Official Instagram, Facebook, Twitter pages. Um, just search SCAD Fishing or SCAD Fishing Official. And, um, and also uh, there's contact uh, forms on, on the social media channels and on the website as well.
1: Yeah, so that's all the time we have for right now there, Jared. But during the season, we're going to have to get you back
2: on.
4: Awesome! Thank you guys so much. Looking forward to it, and uh, and hope you guys uh, can meet me out in the water sometime.
2: Oh, dude, don't tempt us. Oh, don't we'll be tempt out there. Yeah, we'll be, out be able to get rid day. of us. So
4: come to practice, guys.
1: You won't be able to get rid of us. That was Jared Kuchel from SCAD. He was the head coach of the fishing team there, and we have, we're running out of time right now. There, Mister Christian. So awesome, man. Good, good man. luck to that
2: whole team this season.
1: I, I agree. I think it's a great thing. They're the first college to have an all-female boat team yeah boat and um i think it's like very big very big thing in the college world and like i said there's 280 schools now doing this it's awesome they got 10 on 10 it sounds great but right now we're going to take a quick break we're going to thank our sponsor hh boathouse and we'll be right back after these messages
0: more coastal adventures is on the way espn radio the Outdoor Sporting Life returns. Coastal Adventures on ESPN Radio.
1: And welcome back to Coastal Adventures. We are brought to you by H.H. Boathouse. I am Cody Queen, and I'm here with Christian Gokel, the Gokel, CMC Gokel. You know who he is. What it is, what it do, and um, this is last segment. We had lots of fun this week. Um, next week we are gonna have the Sky Pirates on. They're gonna be awesome. Some little bit of parasailing. Not sailing. as scary as
2: you sound. They're not actual pirates that fly around and take you out.
1: They're actually like they're up in the. They're actually up in the sky with like one hand and one leg, and, and a like hook. and it's like a peg leg. Not even like the cool, awesome ones they have now that make you run fast. Yeah. No, it's just a peg. It's just it's just the wood. It's just peg leg, yeah. But um, we had a great show, and you have something for me apparently, and I've been yeah, uh, um,
2: dying to know what it is. You are a self-proclaimed
1: history buff. I am. I went to I went to school. I have a major in archaeology and a minor in anthropology. You were also in the army. I was in the army. I was an engineer for seven years.
2: So today, you may not know this, but today is actually National Park Service Founders Day. Oh, really? Founded in 1916. I remember those days, good days. So to test your knowledge, I put together, you know I like quizzes. Oh, God. I put together a little quiz on our national parks. We have so many around us, and there's so many around the country. Yes. i we'll put together a little quiz for you. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not very good at national parks. Uh-oh. Because uh, I asked our wonderful producers, Mark and Richie, the same thing, and they pretty much nailed every single one. Oh, no. So this Don't could get rough. Oh, but my God. just some quick facts. In the National Park Service system, there are 124 historical parks, 78 national monuments, 59 national parks, 25 battlefields or military parks, 18 preserves, 18 recreational areas, 10 seashores, 4 parkways, 4 lakeshores, and 2 reserves so kind of spread out that's my answer yeah a lot of awesome stuff but my question first question for you Cody is when it was founded in 1916 who was the active president who signed it into law 1916 his name kind of has to do with the outdoors a little bit <laughs> really yeah i don't know woodrow Wilson. Wilson. Dang it. Woodrow Wilson. I was going to Hoover. When was Hoover president? I don't know. Don't ask me that stuff. Who knows? Question two. The National Park Service protects over 400 areas in how many states? 400 areas in how many states? In how many states? 52? I mean technically I guess that's correct. It's in all fifty states, territories, and fifty states. I said fifty two. Yeah, opinion. we only have fifty two. We states, have two baby. territories, Guam and Puerto Rico. They're And most also of these states. the District of Columbia. You're right. So all fifty states, territories, and D C over or under Cody, fifty million acres protected. Over or under? Over. Over is correct, or eighty four million protected acres in the United States. I was gonna say that. It's actually eighty four million six hundred and fifty two and I don't know. That's I, false. I lied. Yeah, I lied. You're a liar. Don't listen to me. All right. Next question. This trail stretches two thousand one hundred eighty-five miles and is considered the longest public footpath in the country. Appalachian Trail. That's correct. The Appalachian Trail stretches up the East Coast. I was like the no. Oh, no. all right, Cody. This is from your neck of the woods. The nation's deepest cave is one thousand five hundred ninety-three feet and located at Carlsbad Caverns National Park in this state. Colorado False. Utah. Nope. You want to keep going? New Mexico. There you go. Dang it. Third tries the charm. Dang it. (laughs) All right. You should get this one. This park, mostly located in Wyoming but spreading into parts of Montana and Idaho, is home to one active volcano, thousands of petrified trees, and almost 300 waterfalls. Sounds like my mother-in-law's house,
1: but it's Yellowstone.
2: It's Yellowstone. I don't know what the hell is happening at your mother-in-law's house, <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like a place I want to go. This one to me, this next one, dude, is horrifying and amazing all at the same time. Like, I, It blew my mind when I looked it up. The largest living thing on earth is located in Malheur National Forest in Oregon. The largest living thing on earth. What is it? Redwood tree? False. You wanna try again? Is that, uh a fungus Sometimes It is a fungus. Yeah, like growing it is on the trees? Nope. It is the mm. R. Mil or as it's otherwise known, the humongous fungus. And like nobody can touch it, right? It's like very protected. They're not allowed to even yeah, go no, and it's, m- mess with yeah, it. Yeah, you're not allowed to mess with it or harvest it, but it's yeah. it's estimated to be between two thousand four hundred years and eight thousand six hundred and fifty years old. And the crazy thing about Wait a minute, it is
1: what's what's the spread on that you
2: said? Four square acres. But no what's the spread on the on the age like 6000 years. So in or between yeah. between but yeah, it's at least but it's at least 2500 years old. Okay, okay, at least. But the crazy thing about it is it it feeds off the forest, it feeds off the trees, so it's actually doing harm to the forest, but luckily like the trees are able to grow in a quick enough rate to where it doesn't kill all the trees. But you, you see the new trees it's feeding on once a year when spores come out of the trees.
1: So It's like it's, it's like
2: Annihilation.
1: So it, Or it's like children in like your house with all the food. <laughs> you wake up one morning and it's, it's like, just, oh, this is gone. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Oh, no. that tree used to be there. Our or favorite, that box of cheese that used to be there. Our favorite
2: movie on the show, Annihilation, is actually happening in it's, Oregon and it's horrifying. It's terrifying as long as they don't have those bears that are screaming. Yep. <laughs> terrifying. I guarantee really you is. they do. You just can't get near it. That's why they tell you, don't go near the fungus. What, what did she say? Help me! like that's terrifying, man. Horrifying. All right, we're going to move towards Georgia Parks. Bring it a little bit closer to home. You All right, should let's be able that. to nail these. That should be okay. This camp located in Andersonville was among the Confederacy's largest Civil War prisons with over 45,000 Union soldiers held there. Uh, Actually, I should know
1: this because I went to... An archaeology dig in Douglas, and that's what got me into archaeology. And I went to the archaeology convention, and actually a guy wrote a good thing on. It. I went there, started digging, and try to get grants. And I totally forgot the name of it.
2: It's just think Civil War. It's a very Civil War-y name. A Civil Warry name. Yeah. Fredericks Camp Sumter. Oh, uh, I'm not thinking of the same one then. Never mind. Camp Sumter and Andersonsville. I know. All right. Well, this one's a little bit closer to home, and it's home to over 9,800 acres of congressionally designated wilderness. And this island is Georgia's largest and southernmost barrier island. Jekyll Island. False. Or is it... What's below s- Dude, we literally, we're literally like a half a mile from sea Jekyll Island? right now. Sea Island's on St. Simons. This lower? Lower? So over near like sea Kingsland? Sea Island, you're actually going north now. So even like Kingsland? Yeah, Georgia down, stretches down, there, down there? all the way down to Florida. So what island's down there? Mm. Uh, uh, Kennedy was married on it. There's wild horses. You can only get there by a ferry. I don't know. Cumberland Island. I said that. you not hear me? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, I don't think anybody it. else heard you either because you didn't Mike, say Mike it. Mike must have been off on accident. I don't oh, know. How about that? George's fate was decided in 1742 when British forces defeated Spanish forces on St. Simon's Island. What was the name of the British fort? The bridge, Every, Fort, everyone in their car knows Fort this Fort Frederica. that's correct he's back yeah, on, on the, at the bloody place. marsh he's back.
1: actually um, good thing about that uh, a, a belt buckle came to me I'll actually share that um, she brought it to me to find out what was on the belt buckle because she found it near the marsh mm-hmm. she can't say she found it on the marsh because that would be illegal so she found it near the marsh you know she breaks the law. and it was literally a. after me get done research and looking at it she thought it was like some like catholic thing whatever yeah. it was not it was literally three musketeers drinking in a bar
2: that's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool, yeah. It's pretty oh, that's cool. pretty sweet. How often do you wear it? Oh No, it's not mine. It's hers. It's okay. actually worth quite a bit of money, too. Oh. All right, Cody. You should be able to get this one as well. The Gula and the Geechee community still live off the land of this South Georgia island.
1: Oh, the Swamp Hippie's over there. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: if he's listening to the show. That's a river.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the dang it, man? He's going to kill me for not knowing this. Swamp hippie calling. Oh, my goodness.
2: What is it? Sapelo. Sapelo. Sapelo Island. Yeah, oh, Satilla, Spanish for Sapelo. Whatever. Yeah. This Two thousand nine hundred and twenty three acre park God. I just it just processed in my mind what you said about Satilla and Saffalo
3: I'm just gonna skip right past that. This two thousand nine
2: hundred and twenty three acre park in Northwest Georgia is home to a national battlefield where Confederate and Union forces clashed in the summer of eighteen sixty four. Northwest Georgia battlefield. Tunnel Hill? False. You wanna try again?
1: No, I don't know. Kennesaw Mountain National Battlefield. Oh, okay. Because I used to live in North Georgia, and there was a uh, battle in Tunnel Hill. It is a real big battle.
2: No, Kennesaw Mountain is actually pretty awesome if you haven't been there. Uh, There's a really cool park. There's a grassy area where the battle actually took place, but you can actually go up the mountain on a biking trail, or you can drive if you need to. And when you get to the top of the mountain, you can see all the way from Kennesaw to Atlanta. Really? Yeah. You see all clear across to Atlanta. I know a lot of people go there and they'll still find musket balls and stuff like that. But the crazy thing, and this is just to get in sort of like the military cool stuff like we, Cody and I, really enjoy watching those old like Ken Burns Confederacy documentaries and stuff like that. The Confederacy set up on top of the mountain and actually pointed the cannons down the mountain at the oh, Union soldiers. No way. So can you imagine being 1864? You're a Union soldier trying to climb up a steep mountain and there's cannonballs being shot down the hill at you. You know, that's what they did at the Battle of Overton Hill over near in Nashville, too. It's a pretty horrifying. smart idea though, yeah, yeah. It's right, crazy. Cody, yeah, it's fine. Let's try to uh, let's try to finish this one on a win. This island and now park was originally purchased by a group of millionaires, including the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers, to be used as a private retreat and hunting club. And fun fact about this island, it's actually where the Federal Reserve was originally conceptualized and founded. In Georgia, you said? It's in Georgia. Ellen? Nope. That'll be Jekyll Island. God dang Jekyll, it, Jekyll island. island. The Jekyll Island Club was actually a hunting club for all the millionaires. And there's a fact that gets thrown around a lot that at any given time back in the day, two thirds of the world's wealth could be found on Jekyll Island. Really, it's really nice now. I love it out there. But they need to allow. But back in the day, those dudes used to like let let, let out like tigers and lions and go on like big game hunts on the island. And now you're not allowed to do anything like no, like, no well not, not like allowed. that, but like you're not no, allowed no to, hunting, like no to hunt at anything all.
1: In they them. need to do something about that deer, and because um, it's very
2: overpopulated, and they won't let it hunt. Well, they've. they've, they've sp- They've thought about doing it a few times, and like you could put your name in for a lottery to be picked, but yeah. it's never come to fruition. Yeah, but. and this needs to be bow hunting, because there's actually a spot in Atlanta in those nice neighborhoods. They do that. Yeah. They do that, so I don't see why well, not. Cody, that does it for our National Park Services quiz. You did not do as well as Mark and Richie. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Um, I am not a big National Parks guy, and...
1: Uh, so we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. I cannot believe I did that bad. But we are brought to you by HH Boathouse, and uh, we're gonna catch you guys next week with me and Christian. So stay in the water, stay in the woods, and we're out of here.
0: Tune in next week for more coastal adventures on ESPN Radio.